This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 426 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we're meeting with Dr. Gregory Casey of Casey Cosmetic Surgery. Dr. Casey, how are you doing? Doing great, Charlie. How are you? Doing great and, and really appreciate you carving out some time. I know it wasn't easy and uh, looking forward to your story here. Yeah, yeah. It can be difficult sometimes, and uh, <laughs> but we got it together, so let's do it. All right. All right. Now, I got to tell you, I, I spent some time just looking at your background, and, and I, I'm wondering if you figured out how to clone yourself because, my goodness, your, your background is phenomenal, and, and um, we're, we're blessed to have you in our community. So let's start. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with uh, Casey Cosmetic Surgery. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, the wonderful things you're doing there? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I love my practice. Uh, I have a great team and uh, our practice is focused on cosmetic surgery and uh, improving the aesthetics and and hopefully the life of our patients. And um, uh, we do just about everything, face and body. so, uh, you know, we generate some really happy patients and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. It's absolutely my passion. Uh, I think about cosmetic surgery all day uh, with all my patients. And um, I think it shows, you know, it comes out in the practice and in, in patients' results. And, mm-hmm. and our whole team has kind of the same focus as well. So it's, it's uh, one of those things where it's not a job and it's uh, kind of uh, what we want to do every day. So we love it. Yeah. And I would imagine, and I have no, like most of the <laughs> folks I bring on the guests, I have no clue about their business. But, you know, my guess, so correct me if I'm wrong, that, hey, it, it's easy to look at what you do and say, you know, physically, you what you do is wonderful and, and improves the quality of, of life and all that. But I would imagine also internally, right? You know, folks probably just feel so much better. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And, um, the second you said that, it just reminds me of uh, how I've eventually learned how to listen to what the patient wants rather than diagnose every little thing that the patient can present to me and uh, want to change because uh, typically the patient has their own idea of what their priority list is. And um, when we start with their number one and then go down the list, we end up with a much happier patient than when I start with my number one problem on the list and go down from there. So um, you can't improve the patient's quality of life and, and inside unless you're uh, attending to what they're talking about. And uh, that's exactly what we, it's one of the first things I say in a consultation, what's your priority list? How can I make you feel better inside and look better outside, uh, regardless of what I'm already thinking uh, in, in my head? So mm-hmm. it's a good wow. point. Yeah. Well, hey, anytime you want to hire me, I'm no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your journey into medicine and how you, you ended up here and all that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I grew up in New York and uh, I, I initially went to uh, college with the goal of uh, going to dental school and, and ironically being an orthodontist. But uh, uh once I got into dental school, I saw the surgical path in oral and maxillofacial surgery, and I decided to take that. And, and then once I finished my residency in oral and maxillofacial surgery, I did that at Columbia University in New York City. Um, 
I started to get into the cosmetic part of our specialty, which is, uh, you know, facial, facial cosmetic surgery, and uh, did a fellowship in, in, in facial plastic surgery with a wonderful mentor in Gainesville, Florida. Um, and uh, it just went on from there. And we just uh, started my practice in, in Naples here and, and um, we're expanding uh, as well into Fort Myers and we also have an office in Marco. And um, we just love cosmetic surgery and, and uh, yeah. we stay on the for forefront of, of new things, you know, new technology. And um, it's just been going great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's, there's things happening all the time on the technology side, I would imagine, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's funny, you know, I went to medical school and dental school and, and you learn so much in that and even in residency, but you don't learn the technology until you, um, until you get out and start practicing and, and buying it and, and utilizing <laughs> it. And, and that's a whole different realm that, uh, you kind of learn uh, as you're practicing and, and isn't really taught in, in fellowship or medical school or, or, mm -hmm. or any of the basic teaching that we get. Interesting. Wow. Well, wow. how about from a myths or misconception standpoint, cosmetic surgery or, you know, some of the services you provide, what do you hear that you could talk about and maybe uh, help our listeners better understand the real story behind it all? Yeah, I think there's um, there's probably you know several of those things we could talk about. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a misconception on how invasive or non-invasive certain procedures are. So a lot of patients come in and they just really have no idea that certain things uh, can be done that are really on a non-invasive level with low recovery and short-term type of um, post-operative care. And they sometimes can immediately assume that, um, say, a, a thread lift or an elevate procedure of the neck would be associated with long-term um, recovery, when some of these procedures can be done really uh, with not a lot of recovery at all, and, and that there's something for everyone, you know. Um, even when it comes to things like Botox and, and, and dermal fillers, um, patients kind of step in and, and they think it's just, you know, this big deal and it's uh, totally irreversible and, 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 and they can be a little bit nervous, which is fine. But, um, you know, it, it, there's a misconception there where, you know, there are non-invasive and alternatives to uh, major surgery that you can kind of fool around with a little bit with very low risk and, um, and be safe, you know. So distinguishing, um, you know, the broader or the bigger procedures with the more non-invasive procedures, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect. A lot of patients don't understand uh, the difference between the two. So we try to educate best we can and go over those things and, and give all options. You know, right. uh, patients who come in sometimes for, they, they think their only option is a facelift. And then I can present to them some some lesser invasive options. And then they say, you know, I had no idea that was really available. Mm. And, and they're much more likely to do those things. And, you know, eventually maybe they'll do something like a facelift, but it makes them happy and they can get some really nice results with some short-term recovery that they can, yeah. you know, probably work with in their lifestyle a little better. So that's great to hear. So it's a case of they don't know what they don't know, right? Sure, you know? sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the process, I guess, is is for them to reach out 
and and there's a consultative type uh, situation process that goes on. Exactly. Yeah, an educating process that we do. I mean, some of these consultations, uh, I, I love to sit there. We'll, we'll sit for an hour, you know, for, and talk about all their options. And yeah. and of course, there's a fine line of giving too much information. You don't want to overload them. But we really do spend our time and make sure that the patient totally understands what their options are. And if I'm making suggestions at their procedures, that they totally understand why I'm making those particular suggestions for that patient. Mm -hmm. That takes time. And we're perfectly willing to sit there for as long as it takes to do that. And often we do. Yeah. Wow. So how about outside of the practice? Uh, What are you doing for fun? Oh, boy. Uh, well, my, my kids keep me, uh, they have that category locked in. Um, I have three young children who are almost like having triplets. Uh, I have twin boys that are six and a half, almost seven, wow. and a daughter who just turned eight. So, um, you know, they are very energetic and uh, they probably use up all my energy when I'm not working. So that's, uh, that's probably enough said there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, but otherwise, the, we go boating with them a lot. We, 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 they're doing a lot of sports. We, we keep them very active. We got to burn some of that energy off. So, you know, right? Nothing better than coming home on a Saturday night and they're ready for bed at eight o'clock, right? Oh, when does yeah. that ever happen? It's better to ten o'clock though, which. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's great. So how about from a uh, hardship or life challenge standpoint, looking back, you got through a tough spot and you can say now, hey, because of that, I'm better for it. I'm stronger. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there are those every day, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. But um, yeah, I mean, the challenges tend to be gifts, you know, yeah. and um, doing uh, I've always had uh, I've always been goal oriented. So when there's a goal in front of me, um, no matter what's presented, the challenges uh, that are in front of me, I know that I'm going to overcome them. And they always end up being lessons that I, that I learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first challenge would probably be uh, the challenge of leaving New York City to move down to Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was um, my wife's idea originally. And, and, um, and, and we loved the, the decision we made. We absolutely, both of us, love it here. And, uh, of course, I miss New York City a little bit, but um, yeah. it was a huge change. Uh, neither one of us knew anybody here. We both started our practices on our own. Uh, wow. She was an orthodontist. And, um, and you know, that was, that was a huge challenge. And we, we weren't really coming from any real financial support in any way and, and starting our own type of, uh, you know, uh, businesses the way we have them. Uh, we had each other for support, and that turned out to be really um, seriously beneficial to both of us. We, we were a great team. So um, any challenges we have ahead of us, we, we can absolutely overcome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a, a great, great point. You know, it's it's we're led to believe that, you know, doctors just get out of school and open a practice. and. Right. and you know, the, so the, the money for pouring in and, and yeah. you, know, you and your wife, you risked a lot and you did it in an area that, like you said, you knew no one, no guarantees. And uh, it, it really, you know, I have a lot of respect for what you guys are doing. And I know our listeners do as well. And that's what I love about the Good Never podcast, because my goodness, you know, I, I get on the site. And I see all the bright, smiling faces of your passionate team there, your staff. And uh 
you know, you're providing awesome jobs in the community and, and it, in addition to helping, helping so many residents. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Good for Steph, you guys. You mentioned staff. Staff is a huge part. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky as well as my wife is very lucky uh, to have just a wonderful staff. I have girls that have been here uh, for 14 years in my office here with me. Wow. And um, honestly, you know, I just said it to him. We did a, a facelift last week together and, you know, t they tend to be, you know, long cases and, and we, there's a lot of prep and, I just said to them, I said, you know, I can't do this without you guys. And and, mm -hmm. and it's true. It, it, there's no way uh, anyone really could do it without a, a, a really competent and caring staff. And, um, you know, I'm pretty lucky to have that. Yeah. Very important. Good for you. About one thing you wish our listeners knew about Casey Cosmetic Surgery, what would that be? Um, you know, uh, I'd like to talk about um, how we approach our facelifting uh, in our office. And I feel like it's um, a little bit of a uh, different way to approach things. Um, most of our patients, you know, who, who want facelifts or, or looking for facial rejuvenation um, tend to think that just the facelift is really going to do it all. And, and um, that's kind of one of those misconceptions as well. And in some cases on younger patients, um, it's true. You know, when patients are, they start early, um, do smaller procedures. Uh, to, we mm. tend to get better results when we can do things on younger patients and, and do smaller things a little at a time. And, and, and mm. better results to me is something like something that looks really natural. So mm. one of the things that we love in our practice and strive for is natural results. And um, But we don't always get the opportunity to operate on young patients or patients in their late 30s or 40s or even 50s who keep themselves in good shape. Um, so one of the things that a lot of patients don't know about that we, we really emphasize in this practice, practice is to um, provide volume to the facial structures. So, you know, we can provide a facelift and, 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 and tighten the deeper tissues and, and restore youth mm -hmm. uh, by doing so. But without volume in certain areas of the face, um, it's really just kind of stretching skin over and it doesn't really uh, produce a, a long lasting and natural result without volume. And uh, one of the ways we love to do that is to, uh, to use fat grafting. So we take a little bit of uh, the patient's fat from the belly, we take it from the flank, um, wherever we can find some good quality fat and provide volume with the net, you know, uh, autologous source from the patient and um, provide volume after the facelift, it just gives a really nice um, natural result where we don't have to pull the skin tight. You know, we, we address the deeper tissues and when we provide volume to the face, pulling the skin really tight isn't necessary. So we don't have to have that really taut, um, stretched mm. out look that sometimes we see that mm. doesn't look natural really. So right. there are ways, even on patients in their early 70s, sometimes even in their 80s. You know, I, I do facelifts on patients in their early 80s, too. And uh, at that age, we lose a lot of volume. You know, the facial yeah. structures look a little skeletonized. And if we don't address it, um, we're not going to really provide the best results. So um, fat grafting is a really nice way, safe way. It doesn't mm. require big incisions. I just, you know, use small... Um, port sites in the areas of the belly or the flank, remove some fat, we process the fat, it's the patient's own fat, it's very yeah. safe, and we can process it to 
very, very small cells, or we can use the larger cells, where we the large cells will provide volume, and the smaller cells can provide uh, skin enhancement, where the skin looks more youthful because we've injected small globules of fat in just the subcutaneous areas. In conjunction with the facelift, this looks really, really natural. And it's forgotten about, I think, in a lot of cases. And I see them, you know, that, that restoration of volume is just kind of ignored a lot of times. And a lot of docs, uh, a lot of surgeons, they kind of just go for the, the facelift and, and think we're going to get all the result from there. And um, a lot of times it can look overdone without restoring some volume. So, uh, you know, we, we really go for a natural uh, look in, in our office. We don't like the patient to look operated. Uh, every once in a while, we'll get a patient who wants to look operated. We know how to do that, too, and that's okay. <laughs> but um, we really focus on a natural, unoperated result, yeah. and, um, and patients are typically very happy with that. So. Yeah. Boy, that's fascinating. Wow. And makes so much sense. Uh, uh, so, um, because I, I've read about, you know, as we age, what happens with our body and in, in particular our face. And yeah. We, yeah. Unfortunately, the fat just shrinks. And the fat that doesn't shrink kind of drifts off into the wrong places. Yeah. And, yeah. We, we, you know, so we try to restore that and, and, yeah. and we can do that. And, you know, th it's really important to understand. And I talk about this for every patient that, you know, there's never really, we're never going to see perfection. And, and again, that's one of those, um, those things that you kind of want to talk about. Um, they're the misconceptions. Yeah. No one's ever going to achieve uh, perfection. It's not really what we do, but you know, major improvement and res restoration yeah. of youth and and feeling better about yourself are things yeah. that are all within our reach uh, with these types mm. of procedures. Love it, love it. Well, I know we have listeners who want to learn more, want to get in touch. What's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, I mean, you can call the office, um, you know, at 947-FACE, uh, 239-947-FACE. Uh, Michelle is our cosmetic surgery coordinator. And um, the best way to really do it is to talk face-to-face. -face. It's, it's really the best way to, to make the patient understand what their, um, you know, me to understand what their goals are yeah. and for them to understand what's achievable. Uh, but we always, you know, we communicate you know, through text uh, with our uh, cosmetic line. Um, you know, Facebook uh, is another way that uh, we put ourselves out there and you can, you know, use the messaging system within Facebook. Um, you know, phone calls, we, we, you know, we, we do, you know, the virtual consultations as well. But really face to face is the best way to do it. Yeah. You know? Well, terrific. Well, we wish you the absolute best. We thank you for all you're doing and, and good luck with your new location in Fort Myers. That's exciting. Uh, thanks for saying that, Charlie. I appreciate it. It is very exciting. We, we can't wait yeah. to get it open. It's going to be a wonderful facility. Mm, terrific. We'll get up there and, uh, and say hi, Dr. Casey. You Absolutely. have a great one. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.